0: B.J. Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt, and today we are breaking down the impending matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Uh, So as we do uh, typically during our Thursday show, this one's going to pop up on Friday uh, because of uh, the Vikings playing on Monday night this week. Uh, We'll do the breakdown, we'll give you our picks for the week, and that'll be just about it. Uh, We'll get things started with the Thursday question uh, shortly here. Um, both of us apologize in advance because we're both sick now. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, and uh, at, at some point you might uh, you might get some car muffler sounds from us, and uh, we apologize <laughs> in advance for, for that, but the show must go on. So that is the game plan for today. So let's start her off here with the Thursday question. All right. Um, let's do... If you were a ghost, what city would you haunt for eternity? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who I stole this one from, but I've been I've been taking the – I've been, see, like, on Twitter and using uh, – taking people's jokes on Twitter and kind of reframing them as questions because I think it's – they're more fun. I, I think this was a comedian um, that said this one.
1: Okay. Well, that pertains to, you know, our – our topics of discussion on the show, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, it'd be fun to haunt like Green Bay or Philly. Right, right. Uh, in my own personal life, uh, like, you know, growing up in South Dakota, nobody liked on South Dakota.
0: You can so, take you can take haunt, like, it doesn't need to be, I, I know it's it has a, a negative context, just the word haunt, but it could also just be like, which, you know, which city would you like to be a ghost in? Like, it could be, the, you know... Uh, what city would you want to be a fly on the wall of?
1: Oh, okay. That type of thing. That's a little different. So you could be
0: Casper the Friendly Ghost if you want. I mean, if you want to go, you know, truly haunting and, you know, ruining lives, that's up to you too. That (laughs) says a little something about your character, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. Um... I mean, it'd be... It'd be kind of fun to just be like in Times Square all the time. I don't know, just yep. like see what weird people are doing, you know. Yep. And ghosts don't smell, so like you can't smell how the garbage everywhere in Times Square. So right,
0: that's a good point. I don't
1: know. That's one thing to if you're if you like people watching, I think Times Square would be the place to go.
0: Yeah. So my initial thought was the same one as yours that. Uh, if I was a ghost, I'd obviously want to go to like Green Bay and make sure that like every extra point snap like sailed over the, 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 uh, the holder's <laughs> head, you know. Um, but so what I did is I kind of combined what that line of thinking along with um, the kind of the the more fun, like you're saying like a people like a people watching type of thing. I think New Orleans would be the place that I'd want to haunt. Because yeah, I good. I could I could rattle the Saints and continue to Mardi Gras. Yeah, and then Mardi Gras exactly. Yeah, and I think that uh, New Orleans in general is like a ghost like a ghost city. Like I, I remember I've I feel like I've heard people talk about ghosts in New Orleans like more often than than like other cities. So I feel like I'd have some buddies down there too to like hang out with and you know <laughs> get some get some phantom calls. No pun intended on the Saints. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's I think that's probably the best place to go, um, but as far as being a ghost goes i mean there'd be there's I'd, I'd like to travel everywhere and you know mess with everyone cuz like how much how much fun would that be honestly to just like nobody can tell that you're there and you just get to do whatever you want no one can stop you and if they try to stop you they they sound crazy yeah that's the I, that's the dream right there so all right that's the Thursday question if you'd like to respond yourself feel free to comments in the Dalen Norseman comment section below or Send us on Twitter at unbelievable_mn, and from there let's uh, let's jump into this breakdown here. So, Vikings are going up against the Detroit Lions at home, up at US Bank Stadium this week. It is a rematch from earlier this season, in which the Vikings got a 42 to 30 victory at Ford Field. Uh, generally speaking, when we do these breakdowns, uh, these weekly breakdowns on teams, uh, it gets a little bit repetitive with the divisional matchups because obviously it's the same team. But Detroit is a very, very different team from when the Vikings saw them, what was it, week six, I believe? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, obviously a lot of that is due to the quarterback position. Right.
0: That's That's the main thing. But also the offensive playmakers have changed a little bit as well. So obviously it starts with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is not expected to play. I uh, have no reason to believe that he's going to play again this year, based off of where the Lions are at. Uh, if you haven't, if you're not familiar, he broke a couple bones in his lower back and tried to play f- through it, which not advisable when you're, you know, when you only have three wins and it's week 14. So uh, I would not expect Matthew Stafford out there. That means that the Vikings will get the rookie out of Purdue, 24-year-old David Blau. Who actually put on a show last it was, Thursday?
1: I was impressed. Uh, I was
0: very, very impressed.
1: Yeah, you get the. I mean, the Bears' defense is still formidable, and he. I wouldn't say picked them apart, but the first couple he definitely drives he He took advantage of every mistake that they made, which, you know, it, that's something that you hear a lot about, like veterans, right? Like you hear, um, you know, you hear about the, the veterans or the more experienced quarterbacks, kind of taking what the defense gives them type of thing um, and finding the holes in their defense. And that's exactly what David Blau did. So, uh, and he's got two really good weapons for sure on the outside Mm -hmm. with uh, Galladay and Marvin Jones, who, by the way, Marvin Jones, he had four touchdowns last time against the bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right after
0: I said that he sucked again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that this time. I I probably Probably don't. I might Um, probably don't. So Blau makes his first start in the NFL. Like I said, he's a 24 year old rookie played his college football at Purdue. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent. That's basically all there is to know about David Blau. He's no superstar by any means. He doesn't have the measurables. There's no superstar quality to him. He's not a fun personality from what I've seen from his press conferences. There, he's just a guy, and he's out there, and he gets the start last week on Thursday, Thanksgiving, against Chicago, which, uh, in my opinion, is probably the second-to-last team I'd want to play in my first start. Uh, behind only San Francisco's defensive line. I mean, Chicago has all the playmakers. They take advantage of your mistakes, generally speaking. They have a – you know, Chuck Pagano is a solid defensive coordinator who takes advantage of, you know, the tendencies of young players and players who, you know, don't have much experience in the league. And Blau showed up there, and he threw all over the field. And I think that, you know, the point that you made about the playmakers that he has on the outside – uh, that really was a big difference. I mean, Kenny Galladay has come on very strong the last several weeks, despite the fact that the Lions have not been doing much winning lately.
1: Right, and I mean, Galladay's always been a stud. I think. Right. And so. Babytron kind of, or
0: whatever the hell they call him.
1: Is that what they call him? Baby Tron,
0: I think. I mean, it makes right? sense.
1: He's kind of got a little bit of that. Um, that skill set, obviously, not nearly what.
0: There uh, is no such thing as them. a as a Calvin Johnson be. equivalent, but this there is will pretty never close. Be. If you look at but, his measurables. Uh,
1: yeah, he's that type of player where kind of he can he wins contested catches. He's a big body. Um, and then Marvin Jones wins with throughout running too, I think. So uh, he's got great weapons to, to use and they've both beaten the Vikings, you know, in the past. Uh, Jones really essentially has two like elite games against the Vikings and then kind of mediocre games around that, and Galladay's always just a tough, tough cover anyway. So that this the team is obviously a lot different than when the Vikings beat him in Detroit, but, Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're not to be disregarded, I guess, because if Blau can play like that against Chicago's defense, you know, I would consider Minnesota's defense right now, a lot worse than
0: Chicago's. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in some ways I see it as a get right game for the defense because you got, you know, a very inexperienced quarterback, uh, going on the road for the first time in a stadium that's tough to play in. You know, you get that element to it, but, um, Also, you know, he handled a really good defense pretty darn well on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And it's also plausible that he, you know, can put up another good performance like that against the Vikings defense that has been reeling.
0: It is also worth noting that the first-round draft pick of the Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson, out of Iowa, will be missing this game. He was placed on IR earlier this week. Uh, He will not return this season. So that's another difference that you'll see here. Jesse James and Logan Thomas, the former Virginia Tech quarterback, Uh, For those of you who uh, followed the draft, what was it, three years ago? I remember the Logan Thomas brigade of people being like, no, he's not a tight end. Well, folks, he is a tight end. That's what he is now, and he's probably the starter because Jesse James is not that great. So uh, those are the two tight ends that will be replacing TJ Hawkinson. Um, Considerably less athleticism out of Jesse James. Uh, Logan Thomas, though, he's a force. I don't know why he was a quarterback ever. He's just a huge human being. He looks like a tight end, uh, so I would keep an eye on him. He's the type of player that, you know, if you're going to make that weird conversion from quarterback to skill player, yeah. uh, he's the type of guy that can do that. So keep an eye on him for sure. Uh, the other major changes in the backfield. Bo Scarborough is finally getting a chance in the NFL. Uh, if you remember correctly, he is, I believe, a sixth-round pick uh, out of Alabama. Uh, he has not, for whatever reason, I, I never understood this because he was a beast at Alabama. Was running people over left and right. He looked like uh, kind of a Derrick Henry light uh, based on his stature and his running style. Yeah. And he kept getting cut over and over and over and over again. And Detroit has had some has had some problems at the running back position this year. Uh, Injuries have been, you know, haven't helped at all. Uh, Ty Johnson has not had any success when given the opportunity. Uh, J.D. McKissick is basically your Theo Riddick of 2019, so he's not a between-the-tackles rusher. There's not a whole lot that you're going to get out of him from a rushing perspective. But Scarborough, man, I mean, if you've watched his last few games, he's not the most efficient runner in the world. You know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get you, you know, eight, nine, ten-yard carries consistently. Uh, but if you want four yards, I mean, this is the guy right here. He is a goal-line back. He kind of looks like – I mean, honestly, like, he looks – he has the feel of Derrick Henry. I see some Jerome Bettis in him. Obviously, I'm comparing these – I'm comparing him to – You're you
1: comparing know. legendary players. Right, so and I'm, it's do, just I'm their... doing that to
0: exaggerate the skill set here. I'm not saying he is those players. I'm saying that's the type of skill set that he has. He's a solid – probably – I would say he's a two-down back in the NFL. I haven't seen much out of him in terms of being a receiver, uh, but he can definitely run between the tackles, and he he mirrors a lot of what Chris Carson's running style was, and we saw what he did last week against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, this is true. The Vikings' interior defensive line was destroyed, So, and he is one of those runners that he'll fall forward every time, mm-hmm. and he'll pretty much right. pick up positive yards for the most part. So... Uh, that is going to be another next factor to watch. I'm not as concerned about, you know, I think Seattle's running game as a whole is obviously much more dangerous. They
0: scheme it better too.
1: Yeah, but I I do think Scarborough, again, like you were saying, is the type of running back that, you know, has given the Vikings some problems. So that'll be another thing to watch too, and I'm sure that they will try to get that involved to keep Blau as comfortable as possible.
0: You know, just as I say that the the scheme is a little bit different, it's probably worth noting that the offensive coordinator for Detroit is Daryl Bevel who most recently, of course, worked in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So you actually – I should probably change my my thought process there. Uh, you'll probably see a lot of the same style that you saw um, last week against Seattle uh, based off of the tendencies that I – mean, I would
1: imagine the blocking schemes are similar. But yeah. um, I think, you know, obviously when you have Russell Wilson, that you right. have the option sure. to do kind of that zone read stuff or um, a lot more of the looks like a shotgun. You know, when you kind of give that – the threat of Wilson – Using his feet a little bit more versus, you know, a less mobile guy. You don't see Stafford or you haven't seen Stafford doing a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Driscoll either, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of that from those guys. So I think that's where I think it might differ. and Maybe that gives a little bit more of a, um, you know, unpredictability type of thing for for Seattle that maybe Detroit doesn't quite have.
0: Yeah, that's certainly the case. The offensive line uh, remains the same from uh, what we talked about, you know, several weeks ago. Uh, the big guys on the outside: Taylor Decker, former for, 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 former first-round pick. Taylor Decker. Sorry about that. Uh, Ricky Wagner, the big free-agent signing from a couple of years ago, coming back out from Baltimore, and the interior: Joe Dahl, Frank Ragnow, a former a former favorite prospect of yours, I believe, Frank Ragnow. Yeah. And then Graham Glasgow is the right guard. So that rounds out the five guys up front. Uh, not a super formidable offensive line um, in the Vikings' previous matchup. They were able to get to the quarterback just a whopping two times. And I'm, I this probably won't shock you. The two sacks came from Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. So um, I would expect to see the pressure coming off of the edge once again. The Vikings certainly need to get some interior pressure going, though. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode here. Uh, I think Armin Watts needs to be involved more. I think, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm. that's becoming sort of a popular opinion among Vikings fans. Uh, based off of what we've seen in terms of creating pressure on pass rushing downs from Shamar Stephen, Jaleel Johnson, and uh, kind of a, a bit of a crippled Linville Joseph, who certainly just does not look, you know, the same as he did two years ago, and obviously he's coming off of that surgery, so uh, maybe he'll look a little bit better after, you know, another week removed from that surgery, but... Yeah, he's still trying
1: to catch his breath from that touchdown last year. <laughs> yeah, that's, a,
0: that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so, that is uh, that is basically what you're going to see from this offense. Uh the big playmakers, of course, Kenny Galladay on the outside. Uh, that matchup with Xavier Rhodes, that's that's dangerous. Rhodes has never fared too well against Jones or Galladay. But if, uh, you know, Rhodes is obviously not having too hot of a season, and the last couple of weeks have sort of been the epitome of what he has become. And the, both of these wide receivers have made him look foolish in, in the past. So uh, that's probably the matchup to watch there. Uh, I would also keep an eye... You know, like I said on Bo Scarborough, the way that they try to use him, pounding the rock, especially if uh, Detroit gets a lead. But um, that's basically what you're going to be looking at for playmakers here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think overall, I I mean, again, Detroit's offense isn't like otherworldly or terribly concerning or anything, especially against Seattle, uh, you know, comparing to – but, you know – I. There are pieces to watch for. Uh, I think Danny Amendola too is is another guy that he, um, I think he was pretty effective against the Vikings last time. He got he got loose I think on a blown coverage once, um, and
0: he had 105 yards and eight receptions yeah. against the Vikings. So yeah, right.
1: so uh, that's another guy to watch for. And uh, I, for what it's worth, the Vikings seem to kind of control the passing game. You know, like Lockett didn't do anything against or against the Vikings for Seattle. So like their slot guy um, didn't do a whole lot. But again. We've seen with the secondary, guys can get loose when they maybe uh, you know aren't expecting it, or maybe they're getting more open than they should be. So uh, I really am concerned about that really that trio of receivers between Jones, Galladay, and Emma I think that's a group that all of them have in the past had success against the Vikings uh, and had big games before. So it's this is an opportunity for that secondary to kind of prove that they still are you know uh, one of the you know they still can play and they still can keep this team uh, competitive with the defense versus relying now, kind of where how this the script has flipped a little bit in 2019 to where the Vikings are relying on offense to win games versus in the past few years it's been the
0: defense. That trio, by the way, 19 receptions, over 200 yards, and four touchdowns. Last time against the Vikings. So Yeah, well, this, all four touchdowns
1: are Marvin Jones.
0: But. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he had 10 receptions and 93 yards as well. Uh, so this could very well be another shootout. Uh, the Vikings were able to get the best of – Detroit last time. Hopefully, uh, for you know, for Vikings fans' sake, uh, the defense shows up a little bit more, and they get a little bit of help from playing at home as well. Uh, so, moving over to the defensive side of the football here, uh, Detroit has actually got a little bit healthier since the last time we saw them on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that starts up front uh, with Mike Daniels being is now in the rotation. He's actually played some mm-hmm. football, uh, which is you know good to see he's a, I mean I know he's a former Packer but he's one of the funniest guys in the NFL I root for him um, you've also got Damon Harrison snacks as they call him and A'shaun Robinson up front those guys are going to be dangerous especially with the way that the interior has played as of late uh, and really the whole season uh, Pat Alfine especially was not uh, well he was screwing up a lot of things the Vikings were trying to do uh, last week yeah. and I would kind of expect that to continue the, into this week.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this, the Vikings offense is going to be, I'm not worried about them scoring points in this game. I'm really not. Um, even when it seemed like, you know, they were very conservative against Seattle, uh, you know, at least in the first half. And they were still able to put up points. I think they put up really 10 points before that game. Um, before things kind of got desperate, so to speak, offensively, they had the pick six and then you had 10 points for, through the offense. And, um, it seems like the Vikings are moving the ball pretty easily, even when they don't get aggressive. They're able to run the ball pretty well, Madison. I like him as a runner too. Mm-hmm. Um, when if you know if Darwin is limited in any fashion, so I'm not worried about the Vikings putting up points against this defense, even with some of those guys getting healthy on Detroit's side of the ball. There, uh, it, I, I I don't respect Detroit's defense very much at all. And you know we'll get back to you know you mentioned a shootout. Uh, we'll get back to that in the lock of the week, but um, I'll. Uh, that's that's a little sneak peek there, but overall, I think the Vikings to score some points in this game, especially at home.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the playmakers here, uh, if you remember from the last time we talked about this, Trey Flowers, who came over from New England. Yeah. The big defensive end, uh, basically a pure edge rusher. Uh, that's what he does best. Uh, he's going to get after Kirk Cousins, uh, especially if Riley reef is not on the field um, or is limited on the field. Okay. That's true. So keep an eye on that specifically. You've also got the cornerbacks, uh, Darius Slay, one of the best in the business. Vikings did fairly well against him the last time they saw him, but historically, Darius Slay has been uh, a menace against the Vikings' offense. So I would I, I never count him out of the game. Uh, he's as dangerous as they come if you make a mistake. And for as good as Kirk Cousins has been uh, keeping, you know, uh, the football in, you know, with the offense and not turning it over, the last couple weeks. Uh, if there is someone that can, you know, force a turnover from Kirk Cousins, uh, Darius Slay is definitely one of those guys. He's right up there with him. And then they've got the former Viking, Justin Coleman, uh, who plays primarily nickel, but you can also see him uh, moving out and towards kind of a safety position. Um, he's all over the place, and he's really become a hell of a player since the Vikings cut him. Uh, I believe the first training camp that I did, what was that, 2014 or something like that? So, um there's a lot of revenge games just going on, going around here uh, between Daryl Bevel, Justin Coleman, and I didn't, I, I don't know how I overlooked overlooked this, but this is also a Kyle Sloter revenge game. Oh who, yeah, I forgot about who that. Who was totally. uh, recently signed? That's um, right.
1: Well, he's going to be their QB 2 I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, obviously, we don't want to see an injury blow or anything, but um, there's that a lot would of Vikings complete. fans
0: that would love to see. I would certainly
1: be more interested in this game if Sloter was playing quarterback for Detroit. Uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you got Darius Slay is obviously a guy who uh, I believe he actually made the interception in the, I think it was a Thanksgiving game a few years ago with Bradford at quarterback where that kind of sealed the game for the, yep. the for the Lions. Um, so he, I mean, they don't call him big play Slay for like no reason. You know, he he comes up with those plays. He'll jump the routes. If you're getting lazy with a throw or lazy with, you know, the, the stem of the route, uh, he's going to make that play. So that's obviously probably going to be the test for, Probably digs. I don't know if Feely's going to play this week. It sounds like he missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. So
0: they didn't uh, rule him out yet, but I would not. I, I would not. Expect Zimmer. Zimmer always,
1: whether a guy's going to play or not, he always tries to leave it as cloudy as possible, so yeah. the other team doesn't know what they're doing. But uh, it, maybe the Cron Treadwell will bust open for the most wide open touchdown of all time again. Who knows? But I mean, the Vikings put up points easily last time against this team. Really, without Thielen for mm-hmm. 90% of the game, so it, it's just I I really like the way this offense is playing, um, and I don't I don't I don't see this team having having a problem moving the ball against Detroit. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, so it's not you know it, again you're right they they have a little bit more um, talent this time around. Daniels is back, but. I, they're just giving up points with ease to really everybody they play. Um, they made Mitch Trubisky look like a superstar like on Thanksgiving. So they did. that they tells exactly me that. that you know if if Trubisky can put up what you put up like three fifty and a couple of touchdowns and he, he he made you know he was everything was wide open for him and it right. seemed like it was pretty easy for him. So I like I like Minnesota to move the ball quite a bit.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone would blame you for having that take given that uh, arguably the best performance of Kirk Cousins' Vikings career uh, came a couple of weeks ago against Detroit. Remember, three thirty-eight, four touchdowns, nearly a ten yards per attempt average. Dalvin Cook also got loose for one hundred and forty-two in a pair of touchdowns. Stephon Diggs seven for one hundred and forty-three. I mean, the stats are kind of off the charts. All the playmakers were involved. I believe this was also Irv Smith's uh, strongest performance of his rookie season. Uh, he had five catches for sixty yards as well. Yeah, so
1: it looks like a stat, a stat sheet from like a college overtime game. That it went really to does five overtimes. Because you got Kirk throwing for 350 and four touchdowns. You got Dalvin rushing for 140 and two touchdowns. And You got four different Vikings catching touchdowns, and Diggs was not one of them.
0: Yeah, uh, shockingly. So,
1: yeah, I mean, he does it, it have does. history,
0: too, against Detroit and the NFC North as a whole.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if the Vikings can avoid that slow start like they had against Denver, um, which honestly could be a lot of that. In part to Vic Fangio's defense, but they can avoid that slow start. I don't see any situation where they don't put up, you know, 30 points in this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, typically, don't mention the special teams when we do these breakdowns, but uh, we have to mention Matt Prater because uh, he can hit. I've never like, seen him miss.
1: I've yeah. never seen him miss.
0: He, uh, especially against the Vikings, too. Uh, right. He definitely brings his. Uh, uh, he brings his best when he's playing against Minnesota. Uh, you know, he can hit from 60 plus. Um seems like every kick that he, you know, sends up uh, is, you know, 15 yards through the uprights, so, uh, I mean, if special, te- special teams probably will not have a huge impact on this game, I don't necessarily expect this to be a very close one, but if Matt Prater's lining up for a game-tying or game-winning field goal from inside of 50 yards this Sunday, uh, not confident in the yeah. chances, so... Just something, something to keep an eye on, I suppose. That
1: Prater is. I'm looking at his splits against every team right now. He is 16 of 16 all time extra points. There you go against the Vikings, oh, and okay. he is 27 for 31. 31, okay. On uh, normal field goals, that's 87. percent So, pretty darn good. It's not like best of all time type of thing, but I'm actually surprised he's missed four against the Vikings. That's that's that seems like it's way too high. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the league and his opponents. It seems like that's. He's as successful against the Vikings, really, as he is against anybody. So, yep. um The one exception is the, you know, with the teams that have a solid sample size, uh, the Giants. He was ten for he's ten for eleven, but otherwise. And then you got the Bears. He's twenty four for twenty seven. So, uh, he he beats up on the NFC North because he's also twenty one for twenty five against the Packers. So, he knows he knows what he's doing. That's for sure.
0: He's about as good as it gets outside of Justin Tucker, basically.
1: So, right. Yeah, he's certainly in the top five. I would say.
0: All right, let's wrap up the segment with uh, one question here because we are late in the season now. So we ha- we have entered into the territory where coaches start to get fired. We just saw ah. Ron, we just saw Ron Rivera go in Carolina. Um, I don't know if Matt Patricia makes it another week if he gets blown out by the Vikings again. Now let me give you my reasoning behind that. One, he's a defensive coach. Okay. He allowed 42 points to the Vikings the first time around. Like you said, he made Mr. Trubisky look like an MVP candidate last week. Uh, he has not been successful just defensively, despite the uh, Detroit franchise doing everything and anything to get him playmakers on the defensive side of the ball that fit within his scheme. You know, paying all that money to Trey Flowers. Right. Uh, they have given. They have tried to give him every asset that he wants. He's had every opportunity to kind of turn this defense around and the lions are not only not winning games but the kind of the forte of their yeah, head coach I mean coach.
1: They're, they're 30th in pass defense they're 23rd in rush defense they are 30th in first downs allowed defensively
0: okay so there you go so that's my here that's my question then you've got the information now does matt patricia make it through this game if let's say the vikings win this one this they put up 35 and win this game does matt patricia make it um, next week
1: see at this point i feel like they would have Fired him already because they're out of playoff contention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they're going to fire him, it's going to be after the season.
0: That's that's a fair point. The so the reason why I bring this up is because they do have Daryl Bevel on their staff who could easily step in and yeah. all of a sudden. Oh, I
1: I don't disagree, uh, and it seems like. You know, offensive coaches are becoming offensive head coaches are becoming more and more of the, the trend uh, on teams that are you know successful. You know, Kyle Shanahan, obviously Sean Payton in New Orleans has been the guy forever. Yep. Um, you know, you can go on and on with the list there, but like, you know, offensive gurus, so to speak, are taking the league by storm. Obviously, Matt Patricia. Is a a defensive coach, and b his defense stinks. So, not a great combination for your head coach. So I I really think he's at this point, unless they string together some wins down the stretch, uh, I think he's done after the season. But I think they would have they would have let him go by now if they were going to, in the season.
0: Also, c he uh, does not have a great reputation within the media either, which doesn't really help. I'm right. sure uh, Miss Ford is not a huge fan. Of the perception of yeah. Matt I mean,
1: for what it's worth, the situation is a little bit like Carolina, right? Um, started off the season pretty well, like they were competitive. They, I think, it wasn't Detroit two and zero oh and one or something mm-hmm. after three games. Yeah,
0: um, and they should have been three and zero.
1: Oh. Yep, you're right. And then, you know, their starting quarterback goes down. Um, Backup quarterback comes in there, and then they kind of struggle. Uh, and now they're qu- quickly out of the playoff picture, right? That's kind of how Carolina is. They were. What, are they, what were they, 4-2, 5-2? They and won four they're...
0: straight, or what was it, five straight with Kyle Allen on quarterback yeah. and then yeah. fell off a cliff and there? And
1: then quickly it fell apart. The defense is struggling. Um, you know, Rivera, defensive coach... Patricia, defensive coach. So, I I definitely see the possibility of him getting fired after this game. Uh, I would I would assume my thought is they're going to do that after the season, but you know, it's not a crazy
0: take. I don't believe that Detroit is historically a team that likes to fire coaches mid season either. By the way, um, they don't have like a, they're not yeah. trigger happy in that regard. So. Honestly, they probably should have just kept Jim Caldwell. They probably should have, but apparently, because... winning one playoff game, you know, in. What was it, five or six years? Was it,
1: I think he was fired after like a 9-7 and season.
0: After winning, I think he won a playoff game. And then it was either the season after he won that playoff game or... I think it was the
1: season after. But still, I think I think he ended that he's season. He's the only coach that's 9-7. won a
0: playoff game or that's even made the... No, they didn't even win. I don't think he even won the playoff game, to be honest. No, but, I don't think they did. Uh, but he's the only coach to get them to the postseason.
1: Yeah, because I think they went in 2013 and 2016. Yeah. And so. then it, I think it must have been after 2017 he was
0: fired. Yeah, they probably should have kept him. Uh, it's not looking good. So, <laughs> anyways, that uh, that about wraps up our breakdown here of Detroit. I uh, we can move right into our picks here, uh, starting with the Vikings uh, and Lions here. What is your give me your your, your game prediction as well as the the, the margin of victory for the winning yep. team?
1: Um, I do have the Vikings winning this game, but I do think Detroit covers. I think it's going to be – I think Detroit's going to put up points, whether it's garbage time or whether they – just those receivers beat up the Vikings secondary. Um, But I think overall I think it's going to come down to Blau just making a mistake or two that's enough to make this, you know, like a 10-point game. Uh, So I think it's going to be something, you know, 34-24 or something like that. Uh, But I think the Vikings will come away victorious.
0: Yeah, the Vikings have been putting up points like like crazy as of late. Really, I mean – Uh, This has been a team that is scoring 30 on a regular basis now, which is something that, I mean, do you remember when we were just trying to get to 21? Uh, Yeah,
1: that was, remember that being the X factor for the Vikings? Like, if you get 21, you're going to win, and if you're not, then it's probably, you're going to probably take the loss. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look at their, their scoring. You know, 30 against Seattle, 27, 28. Kansas City was 23, and they had 42 against Detroit, 38 against Philly, 28 against the Giants. Get 34 against the Raiders. So they had, I mean, there's a couple duds in there. Obviously, the Redskins game was just weird because they right. had the ball for like 50 minutes, uh, running out as much clock as possible. And then the Chicago game. And really, outside of those games, they're putting up you know, close to 30 on every occasion. So, yeah, I see and that Detroit happening. At, Detroit here. at home, it seems like that's more, that's very likely to happen again.
0: Yep, yep. Um, I'll take the Vikings here. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think that this will will be a high scoring game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Vikings by, I'll say 10. Uh, I think the Vikings get into the 30s again, but I do think that the Vikings defense allows Detroit to get into the 20s. Uh, yeah, so. that's exactly how I feel about this yeah. game. So. That seems uh, that seems to be uh, kind of the way that the Vikings have been rolling as of late. It's been uh, the Kirk Cousins show and the defense just trying to do enough um, and unfortunately, it looks like that's uh, that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So uh, both of us are on for Minnesota. That would put the Vikings in pole position to uh, continue their uh, march towards the postseason with the victory here. It's also an important division win. I know it's Detroit, but it's a division win, and that's important if, for example... Uh, Green Bay decides to go ahead and lose to Chicago next week. So this game Or doesn't, Detroit. I think no. they have
1: Chicago and Detroit left on their schedule they do. still. So, so just keep um, that in mind. They're one game. of those games. It would be nice if Green Bay lost yeah, in but addition to the Vikings beating them Week 16.
0: Absolutely. So, alright, let's, let's keep it rolling here uh, with the Thursday night game. A uh, couple hours away um, from when we're recording. By the time you listen to this, I imagine this game will be over, but Dallas is heading to Chicago. Uh, Dallas is trying to get back on track. Uh, Chicago is actually playing the best football of its season, I'd say. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I, think bo- I think both. I think
1: both these teams are frauds. So like, well, yeah. it, it sucks because I don't like picking either one of them. I'm not confident in either one of them. I don't
0: like either of these teams either. In fact, like, yeah, this I mean, is not a fun game so, to watch.
1: Because we can say that they're playing, they the Chicago's playing good football, but here's what's going on. They, uh, let's see, I'm looking at their schedule. So they've won three or four games, right? Mm-hmm. They beat Detroit Week Ten mm-hmm. by seven at home. Mm-hmm. Then they went to the Rams and lost by 10. And then they've won two straight games, home against the Giants by five, and then Detroit on Thanksgiving. So, like, I mean, they've won three or four, but they two of those were against Detroit. One was at home against the Giants by one possession.
0: By a hair so I'm down. not
1: – it's not like I'm super impressed by them. Uh, I, I don't like Dallas either because I also think they're reeling quite a bit. But I'm going to pick Dallas in this game. Ba- basically because I still trust Dak – to make plays at the end of the game more than I trust Mitch
0: Trubisky. Yep, I'm on the exact same page. I'll take the quarterback here, um, give me Dak Prescott every single day of the week and, like, five times on Sundays. This is also a game or a battle Trisky. of
1: teams that may or may not be firing their coaches at the end of the season here.
0: That's a good point. Garrett
1: this certainly is, seat is a little bit hotter than, than Nagy's, but it's definitely, uh, you know, both, both are – coaches to watch for their jobs here
0: expectations were a lot higher than where they stand right now um, so both of us are going dallas moving on to this next one here the ron rivera list carolina panthers will head to atlanta who atlanta is Weird. kind of yeah they're they, that's what they are that's really that's what they are <laughs> yep uh, but i'm, I do I'm think picking gonna it, win i'm picking game.
1: atlanta in this game yeah i think at home that's really why i'm picking them they're at home and Carolina just they're they're struggling mightily maybe the new head coaching or the coaching change will uh you know spark something but I'm gonna go with Atlanta for now and yeah. is Dan Quinn still coaching there yeah because yeah. maybe that's another guy that uh, he probably should have been fired already but there
0: might be a lot of coaching changes this offseason I feel like a lot of teams there are will like, be because of the mediocrity below the, you know, the top six so
1: Cleveland for sure right. I mean, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs, probably. I mean,
0: as we work through these game picks, I'm sure there yeah, will be we'll, a couple we'll, other. Yeah, we'll note, we'll
1: note them for sure.
0: So, uh, I'm going Atlanta as well. Uh, I'm picking the home team in a divisional matchup, and like you said, Carolina's in a free fall. I don't trust Kyle Allen. He's not a good quarterback. Sorry, guys. Next one here. This one should be an entertaining game, uh, especially coming off of a big win for Buffalo. Uh, they're hosting the Lamar Jackson Ravens this week. So, you've got a great defense with plenty of playmakers that has been consistently underrated and very, very good throughout the year against a revolutionary offense and a revolutionary playmaker in Lamar Jackson.
1: I got the Ravens, and I'm kind of on you know what I say about the Patriots where they have only beaten up on bad teams and then they struggle against good teams. I think Buffalo's the same way, and I do not classify the Dallas win as beating a good team because I don't think Dallas is that good, so... Uh, I'm going Baltimore, and I think it. I think it'll be kind of a blowout, to be honest.
0: Yep. Well, if any if anyone can dissect this Buffalo defense, it's probably the one guy who runs an offense that literally no one in history has ever ran, and that's Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take Baltimore as well. Um, I do not see this being a very good passing game, though. I don't think that the receivers for Baltimore can do a whole lot against this Buffalo secondary. Trey Davis White, by the way, one of the most underrated players oh, in the entire he's a stud. NFL. Yep. He's really, really good. So um, if you've got uh what's it was it, Hollywood Brown on your fantasy team, leave him on the bench for the playoffs. I got he's a question for you, BJ.
1: I, I uh in a, in a one of the, in, a, in a fantasy league. Playoffs start to speak, right? I have mm-hmm. a flex situation I need your input on as someone who doesn't think there's gonna be a lot of passion in this game. John Brown or Devin Singletary? Ooh. John, PPR, PPR. John Brown gets a lot of
0: targets. I'm saying right. John, I I would say John Brown because for one he is also another one of the most underrated. Buffalo is just like they're filled with these guys that are just like they're not protypical. So it's like
1: they're not big names but exactly, and they yeah. don't like
0: they don't fit the mold of what you like. You know, like like Tre'Davious White is like not flashy, you know. And then you've got John Brown who is undersized and a route runner technician, but then he's also a burner and just no one ever really like. There's a reason why he's called Smokey, and yet no one yeah. thinks of his speed as like being an asset. I would definitely, I would start John Brown because I think that, like you said, Good. Uh, Buffalo is going to be uh, probably trying to play catch up here. That's true. Uh, so uh, I would expect. Oh, I have a, lot a scapegoat now
1: for when that goes wrong.
0: Yeah, well, my Deshaun Watson, uh, Sam Darnold decision last week uh, didn't oh. go to didn't go too well. That's right. Well. I remember. I
1: remember advising you to start Watson because it, he's he's a uh, you know he's matchup proof.
0: Yep, and he proved it last week. It didn't cost me, thankfully, but uh, that was not a good decision by me. So, speaking of bad decisions, uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Watching this game would be a bad decision, I think. <laughs> I'll uh, pick
1: Cleveland, but I, I battle I mean, for Ohio. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't really care about this game too much. I I was in on the Browns at the beginning of the season. I was in on the Browns basically until this week when they lost that game to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just done with them for yep. this year.
0: I'm going Cleveland. Uh, Cincinnati has no incentive to win anymore. They just needed to get that monkey off the back so they weren't 0-16. Now yeah. they can just you know, slowly march their way to drafting Joe Burrow, number one overall. So yeah. I'm taking Cleveland, no doubt on that one. Uh, another no-doubter here, Washington at Green Bay. I mean, this would be – I'm going to watch this game just for the slight, slight, slight potential that Green Bay stumbles because Washington's defense has played you know, a lot better than I think people give them credit for. But yeah. – I mean, this is pretty clearly going to be a Green Bay win,
1: I yeah, think. but, but but Adrian Peterson has dominated the Packers in his career.
0: So, hey. It's worth noting, I suppose.
1: Eh, it's not really worth noting, but Packers <laughs> are going to win.
0: <laughs> All right, Green Bay for both of us. Moving on to the next one. This is probably the best game of the week, I think. San Francisco at New Orleans, uh, the two, two of the top-seeded teams in the NFL right now. Uh, well, actually, San Francisco's down to the five seed, unfortunately. But uh, top teams in the NFL in terms of wins so far this season, uh, San Francisco's kind of trying to prove their worth against this very difficult schedule to end their season, yeah. and they're playing at the Superdome. Getting a win here so, would kind of prove that this is a good quality team.
1: And one of the things that to watch for down the stretch is San Francisco's schedule, because yeah they play at the superdome this week i think the saints are gonna win this game i do too and then they have you know they got seattle again and they got the rams again too so it's san francisco could fall very much so to 12 and 4 or 11 and 5 which the vikings still have a very realistic chance at that five seed uh and then playing the NFC East champion which would be a lot better than going to lambo or new orleans or um uh seattle so I like, uh, I like the Saints in this game, is what I'm saying. But, again, that's another thing to watch for is San Francisco and their really tough schedule on the stretch.
0: Yeah, this is the rare case where you're going to want to root for New Orleans as a Vikings fan. Uh, I've got New Orleans in this game. I said at the beginning of the year that they were my Super Bowl pick. I'm holding on to that um, despite the concerns that I've seen show up throughout the year. Uh, New Orleans defense, by the way, pretty underrated as well. One of the yeah. – um, they force a lot of turnovers. Mar- uh, Marcus Lattimore is very quiet, so no one seems to – you know, recognize his uh, you know growing greatness. I suppose uh, this New Orleans defense is for real too. So this could be a really low-scoring game. It might be a candidate for the under. Uh, just keep that one in mind. Uh, so after that, after that game, we got a real barn burner here uh, in the AFC East. Miami heads to the New York Jets. I don't care. Uh, neither. Uh, I don't think anyone care. I don't think Dolphins like, or Jets fans care.
1: I feel like it'd be very Jets for them to just like come out strong again and like dominate because. Well, they, they had, like, three or four straight games where they won them all and they scored, like, 30 points. And then they just laid the egg in Cincinnati. Yep. So I feel like they're going to come back strong just because it's just weird.
0: So that means you're taking the Jets in this one? Yeah. I'm taking Miami uh, simply because Devontae Parker is a beast. Yeah, that's He's true. He's so good. He's making – when I was – I remember one of the first – Big articles that I wrote for Bleacher Report was breaking down the it the 2015 wide receiver class with Kevin White, Amari Cooper, Devontae yeah. Parker, and I had the gall to rank Devontae Parker ahead of both Kevin White uh, and Amari I'll work Cooper for one point. of those. So yeah, um, but Parker's looking really good. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, like if you're gonna have like a dumpster fire organization, like he's the right guy to lead lead your. Oh team. yeah.
1: Cause he like still makes them fun and like yeah. entertaining, and he, he like they're they're playing really hard in Miami. Yeah. Like actually, he like that Brentford wasn't playing. Yeah. A, like there's a guy that's not getting fired.
0: Yeah. Despite only winning three games, and really he shouldn't have three wins. So. Well, it,
1: uh, yeah, I think he's like too good of a coach where they're winning games and they're trying not to. Like the organization is like giving away all their assets. Yeah. And they're still like competitive and winning games
0: yeah anyways moving on to the next one here Indianapolis they are heading down to Tampa Bay uh, the Colts have not looked great as late as of late Tennessee appears to be kind of taking over that number two spot with the eyes on Houston um, to win that division the Colts need this one big time and Tampa Bay has been the ultimate roller coaster because Jameis Winston is going to keep you in every single games but then also might break your back later on
1: yeah he's going to keep you in games and he's also going to give those games away mm-hmm you know, so... Does he do that I, this I week? Tampa Bay, I have Tampa Bay winning this game. Um, basically because they're at home. I think it's that's pretty much the only reason I'm picking them. Just they're I, at home.
0: I am taking Indianapolis. Uh, by the way, Colts are not even favored in this game. Tampa yeah, Bay that. is favored, which is crazy. We'll talk about that later on with my game uh, of the week. Okay. Uh, okay. But I'm going to Indianapolis. I think that they're going to... They're well-coached. I mean, Frank Reich is awesome. So I think that they beat this team, uh, despite... You know, Tampa Bay is also fairly well-coached, but... Uh, The defense, I I think the defense does just enough to slow down Godwin and Evans. So uh, they have zero running game, by the way. Ronald Jones is just straight trash. I'm sorry if you have him on your fantasy team, because I do, and I had to, my God. Anyways, moving forward here, Denver, uh, Vic Fangio takes his defense up against Deshaun Watson in Houston. uh, Coming off probably the biggest win of Watson's career, I think, uh, in New England. So uh, does he keep it going here, or does Denver you know, continue to play tough and maybe squeak one out here.
1: Uh, I do think it'll be a close game uh, that Denver will play him tough, but I'm going to go with Houston to end up on top.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Houston as well. Sean Watson is my guy. Uh, If if Lamar Jackson falls off a little bit, Sean Watson is right there for your MVP candidate. Uh, Next one here, Los Angeles Chargers. They head to Jacksonville. Um, The Chargers are very, very upsetting because they have a quality roster. They have a good coach. They have a quarterback who is... I think he's still good. Uh, he does make some very questionable decisions, and he's certainly not the guy that he was a couple years ago. Uh, but Philly Cheese can get you some victories, and
1: Philly cheese.
0: he has not been doing that as of late because they just keep charging. But I don't think that they can do that against Jacksonville, who... I mean, they do have Minshew back in there, but... I mean, yeah, my God, so Jacksonville.
1: I almost made uh, Jacksonville my pick for lack of the week here because they're they're underdogs by three because they're I mean they're at home and the Chargers are how many games in a row now have they lost in like the last possession? So I think it's four. Yeah, I've watched they, all
0: of them too. It's the best TV on the weekend if you're not watching the Vikings. That's
1: true. That's true. But I'm going Jacksonville because I like Rudy for Gardner and the Chargers just don't. I don't. It seems like it doesn't matter who they play; they're always just the same situation every single week. Chargers get the ball last possession of the game, down by three or four, with a chance to tie or win, and they don't get it done.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm just, it's just, I just—it's—I don't even know what I'm doing. I just—I'm <laughs> going with the Chargers. So there's that. Uh, Tennessee, your guys—they uh, head to Oakland this week. Oakland is reeling. Um, we've given Oakland a lot of props this year. Uh, I think that they've outperformed expectations, but as of late, they are sliding. Uh, they need this one in a big way. They're playing at home. Um, in the black hole there, uh, can Ryan Tannehill keep this thing going? I mean, he's getting to the point where he might earn himself a, contra- uh, like a, a next yeah, contract. Yeah, a real contract. Yeah.
1: Plus, Derrick Henry can't be tackled right now. But he's so, unreal. I'm gonna, My God. I'm going Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I'm going Tennessee as well. Derrick Henry, by the way. Uh, I believe I saw a stat. He's like leading the NFL in rushing since what week 15 of last year. Um, he's crazy. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember his draft prospect status? The way that yeah. like, he was broken down, and everyone was just trying to find ways for that him that for him not to be good. And now he's literally untackleable. Yeah, he's crazy. He is. So him and Tannehill, they get it done in Oakland. Uh, Kansas City at New England. This honestly, no, this is a pretty good week of football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tries to get revenge against Tom Brady. They will be in Foxborough this weekend. Kansas City has kind of quietly continued to remain stable in the AFC. This would be a big win uh, towards getting a you know a pot- potentially a first round bye. I don't see it happening for them, but uh, this is this would give them the opportunity to at least be in contention for that um, with the season winding down.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas City in this game. Uh, it just seems like again the Patriots when they play good teams they struggle I would consider Kansas City a good team Houston was a good team Baltimore good team and uh it's like I don't know I it seems like New England's pretty easy to read for me I mean they they'll struggle in a game where they give up a lot of points
0: I agree um I'm going with Kansas City as well here uh the big thing with this matchup is that if there's any coach in the NFL that can match Bill Belichick shot for shot, it's probably Andy Reid. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to take Kansas City here. Uh, the legend of Patton Holmes continues to grow after this week. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh at Arizona. I mean, Pittsburgh, I feel like I pick against them every single week, and yet they continue to find ways to win. Uh, they've got Kyler Murray this week. I believe Duck Hodges is under center once again. Uh, they get there. Uh, They get their offensive lineman back uh, off of suspension. You know, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a candidate to return as well. Uh, James Washington is playing the best football of his career. Um, Mike Tomlin's got to be a candidate for Coach of the Year as well. I mean, the things that he has done with this roster uh, is extremely impressive. Uh, Can they get it done in the desert this weekend?
1: Uh, I'm picking Arizona. That's more of a gut feeling than anything else. Because I don't know, I'm just I like Arizona more than I should, and like even before the season, I picked them to finish second in that division, which clearly is not going to work out. Uh, but I don't know. I just give me give me Arizona for really no reason.
0: I'm going to take Pittsburgh for the reason that I just kind of outlined. Uh, I keep picking against them, and they keep finding a way to win. So I'm going to pick them this week, which I mean that probably means that Arizona is going to win. But I am I'm taking Pittsburgh here. They, I don't. I don't know what they're doing right, but they, but but they're doing something right. And Minka Fitzpatrick has been unbelievable since they got him. So uh, definitely a defensive player of the year candidate, uh, especially if Pittsburgh continues to find to find ways to win and you know kind of find uh, gets into the playoffs. You know, despite everything that has gone down there. Uh, the next one here: Seattle at Los Angeles, a divisional matchup here. This is a must-win game for the Rams. Uh, this is kind of a weird one for Vikings fans because uh, it's a it's a it's a lose lose situation if the Rams win here or a uh, win
1: win situation.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, depending on how what you look at it. Lose? Well, that's true. Uh, so if Seattle loses here, uh, the Vikings can kind of they have the opportunity to move up uh, past them, I suppose, or get close. Not they get to they have the opportunity to get closer. But if the Rams win, they narrow potentially could narrow the uh, deficit. In the wild card race. So, this is a tough one here. I think that there's a clear favorite, but this is a divisional matchup and you never really know what can happen in those games.
1: Yeah, I'm picking the Rams to win this game. Um, and uh, it, it's like the fact that it's in, uh, you know, the, it's a Rams home game helps me out in believing in Jared Goff. Yeah. So, it's kind of one of those where if good Goff shows up, I think the Rams win, but it's very possible that, you know, bad, bad Goff shows up because he hasn't. He hasn't shown out for a little bit now, and I think he's due for one of those games where he is just a clunker and they lose, you know, 34 to 10 or something. Yep. So uh, I'm picking the Rams, uh, it, it, which is, again, good and bad for the Vikings. But um, I, I don't know. I, again, this is a, it's a straight pick-em, I think. At least it is on my bookie here. So uh, I don't know. I'm going with the Rams. That's I don't feel great about it.
0: Uh, I'm going to take Seattle just because they're the better team. That's that's really it. They got the better quarterback, I they are, though.
1: I mean, they are, but like, I mean, talent wise, not even close. The Rams are the more talented team. That's,
0: yeah, that's that's true. So. Um, it, this is this really is like this is a toss-up game, uh, especially because it is a divisional rivalry. The Plus, Rams have just, always it's, played it's, Seattle tough.
1: Jared Goff is such a wild card that you you can't predict it. It's just impossible. He's had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, just like the last three weeks.
0: Yeah, so I guess it makes sense that we're split on this one. Uh, final game of the week, your Monday night matchup. <laughs> the NFC East once again featured in prime time. Everyone is going to be thrilled to watch the Giants and Eli Manning makes his return to the field against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are coming off another ridiculous loss against the Miami Dolphins. Who you got?
1: I got Philly. Um, yeah, I, 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 this game that, that doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yep.
0: Doesn't, dude. This is just like this is ridiculous. Stop putting the NFC NFC East every single week on Monday night. It's well, just, this it's,
1: season is what we needed for this for that purpose, right? Every NFC East team is bad. Yeah. And hopefully that kind of you know carries into the scheduling for 2020. And oh, um, it's not let's put, maybe not put terrible teams on primetime all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Philly as well in this game. You know, this is. This sucks because I watch Monday Night Football every week. And just because it's the best thing on TV on Monday nights, there just isn't that many options. And I'm stuck with this one again. And I mean, I don't – there's like – there's not even a fun – like the only fun narrative here is that Eli Manning is returning. And I don't care at all. Like not at all because it, that's not even fun to watch. He's a dumpster fire. I just – if I guess I'll say this. If I get a Manning face out of this, it'll all be Oh, better. for sure we will. You think so? oh, yeah,
1: we'll get a Manning face out of it. We get every time he plays. If they show him, it's, yeah.
0: He's doing something ridiculous. It's right around that time, uh, I believe, the original Manning face, you know, where he does that, like, the crazy one, where it's like his eyes are rolling up in the back of his head. Uh, That happened, I believe, it was a couple years ago, uh, what, yesterday? I think it was in Philly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Candidate for a Manning face game, I suppose. So, anyways, that rounds up our picks for the week. Uh, Moving into our NFL lock of the week. (laughs) which uh, we're going to have to retitle this segment after the way that we have uh, performed here this week. Hey, this I season. won last week. You did win last week. I did not. Uh, you know how frustrating that was for me on Thanksgiving to be sitting there with my family, and I've got Chicago, Detroit, under 39, and David Blau just comes out and throws an 80-yard touchdown to Kenny Galladay <laughs> to start the start the game? Just ridiculous. Uh, who you got this week? It was David Blau
1: versus Mitch Trubisky, yeah. and I easily hit that over. Um, yeah. Anyway, I got... The over the over in the Vikings Lions game, uh, uh, I think I mentioned that when we were.
0: What's the uh, what's the, what's the number on that, that one? Forty three. Oh yeah, that seems
1: that seems very low considering a last time these teams, two teams played, it was a complete shootout.
0: It was seventy two points the last yeah, time they played, right? And
1: Minnesota's offense is you know putting up near thirty with regularity. Detroit has had success against the secondary; uh, those receivers have, and I, I mean. Again, it is David Blau, but, um, this, again, this Viking secondary is reeling. So I think it'll be, you know, I think, yeah, I think it was, if it was a 50, I might bet over 50 even.
0: Yeah. I probably would too. I mean, I don't, Vegas, like every week I see there's a matchup like this where it's like, what is Vegas thinking? And then this game's going to end up being like 24 to 21 or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, for me this week, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that I have not done this year yet. I'm going to try to shake it up a little bit. And I'm going to go with Indianapolis on the money line. Ooh. They are, they are plus 140 heading against Jacksonville. Yeah. So, as I said during heading our – against p- Tampa Bay. Right. Excuse me. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, as I said during uh, during our picks, I, I, I think that Indianapolis is the better team. They're – you can make an argument, I suppose, that Tampa Bay is at least the equivalent in terms of coaching, but I really think very, very highly of Frank Reich. I think that he gets the best out of everyone, even when he's put in a bad situation. So, to me, Indianapolis should be the favorite in this game. They're the more well-rounded team. Uh, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Marlon Mack returns this week. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been solid enough. Uh, you've got Zach Pascal kind of emerging as a solid number two if T.Y. Hilton is able to go this week. You know... The only way I see Tampa Bay winning this game is if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin go off, which it can definitely happen, don't get me wrong, but Jameis Winston is just such yeah. a buzzkill that I could...
1: I the mean, underdog money line is a is a bold play, but I like it. You it, know, is a, it is I, a bold
0: uh, play. If I'm going to lose, that, I might as well go down swinging, right?
1: I did that week one with Arizona and it pushed, because so, yeah. <laughs> they tied. So yeah, I mean, they that'd be kind of sweet if they tied this week too.
0: All right, folks, well, that rounds out the show for the week. Any final thoughts that you'd like to get off here before uh, before we finish
1: The up uh, St. John's Johnnies are in the quarterfinals of the D3 playoffs this week, playing at number three, Wheaton. Wheaton?
0: Uh, I've never, who is Wheaton?
1: Wheaton, Illinois. I don't know. There are the, some program, but uh, you'll watch, there's a couple NFL prospects on the Johnnies to, to pay attention to if they continue to light it up the way that they have.
0: Is Mountain. is Mountain Union in the. D3? They got beat. They got they yeah. Really? They got beat out.
1: So it was the first time since ninety four that they haven't made the quarterfinals of the D three playoffs. Wow. How they about that? Upset. That's a stat so, for you right there. Yeah. I hey, I'm following my D three football. Giants are still alive. So. Excellent. Excellent. All right.
0: Well, that's a good place to, to finish up here. Um, uh, thanks as always for listening to the show. You can find us on Daily Norseman, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, Everywhere except for Spotify, basically. Um, you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch Drew and I uh, be sick. Uh, both of us have been coughing and blowing our noses throughout this show, but <laughs> while using the mute button uh, very effectively. Uh, so, if you want to watch that, it's it's a it's a it's, it's kind agreed. of a, yeah it's a show over here. So, uh, let BJ's mustache too. That I do have the just... mustache back. I brought it back. Just I quietly brought it back. I didn't announce it. It's just kind of there. Yeah. So. Um, anyways, yeah, that wraps up the show Uh, if you feel like commenting we always love to read those, I was reading through the the Daily Norseman comments on the last show Uh, I I love when you guys just discuss random stuff, (laughs) it's always fun for me to to check out, so uh, feel free to uh, do that uh, excuse me, I encourage you to do that so, uh, thanks as always for listening folks, and we will talk to you next week, hopefully following a Minnesota Vikings victory